from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta, welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God. Our scripture today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. Our second reading today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. Listen now for God's word. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. So we are delighted to have our, our senior preachers with us, three of them. Uh, you'll hear first from Charlie Trimble, who is a senior at Pace Academy, and then from Mimi Green, who's a senior at the Lovett School, and then Nick Benson, who's a senior at Woodward Academy. Uh, we've been doing this for the last couple of years now with Confirmands on Confirmation Sunday, having seniors preach. I'm very grateful for their preparations, but I'm especially grateful because uh, the last couple of years I have preached the 8 a.m., and have allowed them just to preach the 9 and 11. Uh, but this year I said, why don't you preach the 8 as well? So I kind of voluntold them that they'd be uh, preaching. And they were very gracious to get up a little extra early this morning. So this is the third time they're preaching today. And we're so thankful for the gifts that they bring now in the proclamation of the word. Good morning. Uh, like Tony said, I'm Charlie Trimble. I'm 18 years old, and I can't lie, I'm quite ready for college next year. Uh, I'm so excited to get far away from home and start my next four years. Right here in Midtown at Georgia Tech. That's right. That's a whopping 10 minutes away from my house. Now, I'm not really sure how it ended up this way, considering when I first started looking at colleges a few years ago, the only thing I knew for sure was that I didn't want to stay in Georgia. But of course, there are pros and cons to staying in state, and I think my parents are excited for one. But another big pro is that a lot of the things that would be hard to leave behind, I don't really have to leave behind. I can see my dog when I want to, and my barber shop is just, short, just a short drive away. But more importantly, my family is here, and not just my family at home, but my Pace family and my church family. And I know as a college student, the pressures to sleep in and skip church will be present, but I want to stay as connected as best I can. 
Like we heard in the scripture from Acts, we're all here because we have things in common. We believe together. Now, considering the average tech student speaks better in JavaScript than they do in English, you can all infer that I'm a math and science type of kid. You know, the one who can walk through his high-level math and physics classes with no problem, but then will struggle to even make it out of one high school English class alive. Yeah, that's me. I like it when there's a concrete answer, where you can put it down on paper and it's either right or wrong and nothing in between, because my brain is logical and rational. Now, you might be wondering, where in the world are you going with this, Charlie? But don't worry, I'm getting there. One thing I share with a few of you in worship today is that I got the opportunity to grow up in the church. And growing up, we were always the church family. Unless one of us was severely ill or we were out of town, you could always find the Trimble family at the 11 o'clock worship service on Sunday morning. And through 18 years of Sunday school and intellectually enriching sermons, I thought I'd have a better grasp on God and all that he is. But I don't. I think I've spent too many years of my life trying to put God under a microscope and figure out just how he works. And I spent too long looking for that concrete answer to put it on a piece of paper and turn in for an A. And for a while that left me pretty lost. Like that same feeling when you get back a C on your English paper because you tried to turn a piece of poetry into a math problem. I think I'm old enough now to realize that God is not a math problem. And as much as I have wished I could, I can't even put God in the constraints of a piece of paper. I know now that it's quite an unrealistic expectation to have. However, this is me doing my best to try. I think God is poetry. Just like a good piece of poetry, God is what you make of him. And yet the mystery is that we all read the poem together and we all believe together. We don't all believe the same exact thing, but it's important that we believe together. But what does the poem mean to me? It took a lot of thinking and the kind of out-of-the-box thinking that my brain doesn't do very well, but I think I figured it out. Every time I've felt God in my life, it's been through the people and the relationships I've made, through my brothers and sisters under the Lord. Now, I've made some of the best memories I have with church friends, and if you had anything to do with the youth group five to 10 years ago, you've definitely heard of the legendary trio of me, Nick Benson, and Peter Huff. You could say we got into our fair share of trouble. But what's a better way to make memories than through trouble? And what's a better way to see God than through your best friends? And while my church home was often a place to goof off, it was always a place to learn. And whether I accepted it then or not, whether I accepted it then or not, I know it now. From Allison Perlee, Casey Brubaker, Bradley Kibler, Mr. Ernest, Jay York, and Tony Sundermeyer, I've learned an undeniable amount. And it took a long time, but I finally realized that God came to me through people like these, who made an everlasting impression on my life. And although you probably would never would have heard me say this just a few years ago, I've come to realize I got pretty lucky to grow up in a church family like mine. The people I've met and the relationships I've made with them will last a lifetime. And if I'm old enough to transition to my dorm room all the way in Midtown, I'm old enough to see that now. And to all the kids in here, I hope you look up at me, Mimi, and Nick as the kids who never gave up on their church family. And I guarantee you, we'll all tell you we're better off for it. Day by day, we have come back to the church, broken bread with our brothers and sisters with glad and generous hearts. And I wouldn't change a thing. So he has to leave early, but 
Charlie here, um, who's one of our preachers. We've been friends since we went to preschool together here at First Pres. He actually does know this, I didn't think he did, but um, he was my preschool crush, so sorry, Charlie. <laughs> Alan Thompson is part of my confirmation class. And during that year, ninth grade, I went through quite a dramatic breakup with a boyfriend of two whole months, which is like forever in ninth grade terms. Suddenly, I didn't have a date to a Sadie Hawkins dance, so Alan stepped in and went with me. Melissa Kite has not only been a friend from school, but also a friend from church. She's always had my back, loved me through all my faults, and given me the best honest advice and tough love when I needed it. The text we read today from Hebrews perfectly explains my relationships with these friends. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together, but encouraging one another. We constantly bring each other up and put a smile on each other's faces. I'm not exactly sure what spurring one another towards love means, but it seems like a perfect explanation of our relationships with each other. When I sat down to write this sermon, I looked at these two verses for inspiration. I had a couple of ideas run through my mind, but I couldn't choose one. I knew I wanted to speak about these awesome people and how they've always been there for me, but I didn't know what else to say. My first full draft was due about two weeks ago, and at that time I had about five bullet points. Tony would text us and ask us to send him our sermon, and I just realized I didn't have much. Why was I having such a hard time with this? I've never been the best at turning in assignments on time, but I love to write. English is my strongest subject, I write for my school's newspaper, and I plan on majoring in journalism in college. Writing wasn't the issue, finding something to say was. Logically, I did what anyone else would do and I texted Tony. I said, um, hey, could you send a word up to the big man and give me some encouragement? So, sure enough, the next morning I found myself in the library writing my sermon, so thank you, Tony. <laughs> when I was in fourth grade, a couple of the girls in my class bullied me. I was called names and excluded. I really struggled all school year. Two years later, I started sixth grade, ready for a fresh start, but no luck. I made a few good friends, but something never felt quite right. The same held true for all of high school. I was a cheerleader, but I always seemed to struggle there socially as well. I sucked it up, held back tears, and finished out the season. For all of my life, I didn't really care about fitting in at school no matter how terrible it was, because I knew that there was always one place where I felt at home, and it was here. This community has showed me how to find my voice, be confident in my own skin, and know that God loves me just as I am. The past 18 years are a little fuzzy when it comes to my memory, but I vividly remember all the memories I made here at First Pres. The wood chips and my shoes on the playground in preschool. Sliding down tables with Mr. Ernest in first grade at Sunday school class. Wednesday night logos with Allison Perley. Lock-ins filled with memories, like one of our classmates dropping her sweater in the toilet and then wearing it to church an hour later. <laughs> or ordering Dunkin' Donuts at 12 a.m. only to watch Jay chase down the delivery guy in the parking lot for 15 minutes. <laughs> First Pres has taught me not to be afraid of myself, no matter what's cool or not, because people here will love me no matter what. I've learned to be that kind of welcoming, loving, and encouraging community for others that First Pres has shown me. When I'm here at church, I feel cool. And feeling honestly, truly, authentically cool is a pretty good feeling. I've seen God's presence most prominently in our community during the hard times. When we are struggling, God shines through the people here. I want to celebrate how this church has let me be myself, has loved me just as I am, and has taught me to love others as passionately as God loves us. 
First Pres in this community have encouraged me to be more of the person that God is calling me to be. Charlie, Alan, and Melissa, this is all thanks to you guys, along with the rest of our class. I see God in all of you. As far back as I can remember, you guys have been there for me, and your being there for me reminds me that God is also there for me, spurring me towards love, love of myself and love of others. By encouraging me to be authentic, you all have made me a stronger version of myself. I've never met anyone more accepting than my church community, or as we call ourselves, the God Squad. To all the younger kids listening to this right now, I challenge each of you to show each other the same kind of love that I was shown here. You never know who might be in need of a friend. So I'm begging you to stick around. There will come a time in your teenage life where you will need a strong support system, and there is no better place than to create those relationships than here at church. I hope you all find your God squads, and I sure hope that they're as life-changing as mine has been. Good morning. My name's Nick, as was said before, uh, senior. Okay. So um, I'm going to start off and say this might sound far-fetched, but uh, it's always been a dream of mine to be up here preaching in front of the congregation. <laughs> I'm serious. My, I will agree with you that this fantasy is probably not shared with many others my age, and it uh, turned out to be a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Good job. When I was asked to talk today, obviously I said yes, but then I thought, why? Why was I asked? Why did I accept? And what all made this happen? And uh, the answer is a little bit more elaborate than the fact that I felt wrong turning down the pastor. Uh, I've been at the church all my life, going up through elementary school, Logos, youth group, all of it. Before I could drive, it wasn't up to me. So Sunday morning, I was getting up, getting dressed, and going to church, whether I wanted to or not. I could say now that I'm thankful for that, though. It has taught me no, no matter how tired I am or no matter how busy I am, I can always make time for my faith. While attempting to write this, I read our two scripture lessons the more times than I ever thought I would have to, and because both of them called out to me, which made it hard for me to choose. I decided to talk about Acts due to my own experiences of worship here at First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta. After the bajillionth time reading it over and asking Tony what it meant, I figured out that this chapter in Acts explains the patterns or guidelines, if you will, as to how we are to live our lives if we're believers. It shows us what is not only to be done on every Sunday, but every day in our busy, busy lives. Now, as you might have guessed, one of these practices that is made important is spending time at the temple. And we're not spending time at a temple, but we can spend a lot of time with our faith and its community here at this church. At the end of this passage, a line st stands out to me very much. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. Remember that. I titled this sermon, Stick Around, for a reason. As I have said, I've grown up in the church. It's kind of an even, it's even a running joke and kind of the truth that this is my home because I spend so much time here. Making memories at the church has never been hard for me. Number one, in my own baptism, I love the congregation and clapping for me every time my name was said. Charlie's fair share of trouble, that was an understatement. And just recently in Sunday school, I busted my nose with a pool ball. Memories, right? <laughs> from, the from the start, my faith felt strong in this place. Since my parents drove me to church every day, I didn't have a choice on what else to do. I can surely say that if that had been different, I don't think I would be here today. So recently I had the opportunity to hear our confirmands give their faith statements. I can't describe all the feelings that I had during this time, but one of, one, one of those was that I was blown away with some of their words. It made me think back to when I had to do this. 
Tony was our teacher, and prior to learning about this paper, I thought it was just another year of Sunday school. All of a sudden, I had to write a paper, present it to the session, and then be accepted by said session. And I can personally attest that seems a lot scarier than it is, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can personally, oh wait, this paper put my faith in the hot seat when I was writing it. I always believed my faith was strong, but when I was asked to explain it, I found myself at a loss for words. To hear these kids clearly explain what God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit means to them excited me. It warmed my heart to see the next wave of kids going through the youth group, the next wave of those numbers that were being saved. I, cannot only say, I cannot say that my life has drastically changed since the reading of my faith statement, but I can undoubtedly say that my faith has. If you know me all that well, you know that one of the best things in my life is Camp I Harbor. Why I rank it so high is due to the fact that it's not only a fun place to go to, but also one that I can grow my faith and spread it to kids around me. This past summer, I was, asked to be, I was asked back to be a counselor, and one of the requirements of being a counselor is that you have to write a devotion for the kids after the day. I quickly thought back to the many lessons that I've learned here, and I could have written anything, but the tricky part of this requirement is crafting one that is age appropriate for the young ones. I compared this challenge to writing my faith statement, but then I realized that unlike that task, unlike the faith statement, this one was much easier to do. I questioned that, why? Well, as it turns out, my faith has grown incredibly since ninth grade year. This past senior year and junior year, I've relied on my faith more than ever with taking tests, applying to college, and finally choosing which college to go to. I come to the more I come to church, the more I feel growth within myself and my faith. When I gave my faith statement just a long four years ago, I believed what I was saying, but I didn't feel that my belief was as strong. All I did was believed it, but now I live with it. I can state that I have this faith due to sticking around here at this church. So I'm gonna leave you with a challenge. Stick around. I promise you, it's really not that difficult. Whether you're young, old, or somewhere in the middle, stick around. Come every Sunday you can. Do not let your busy lives get in the way of growing your faith. While I might be leaving the state to go to college, I will sure be back, and I sure will stick around.
pray. Blessed are you, God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have these gifts to share. Accept and use our offerings for your glory and for the service of your kingdom. Blessed be God forever. Amen. Friends, I'd invite you to give thanks to God for uh, the gifts that have been shared by uh, our students in the life of this church. It's a wonderful process when you get to work with talented people uh, like Margot and Madeline and all the students who have participated. Uh, particularly, it is a, a wonder and a joy to see how sermon writing happens with seniors. And uh, I told you, Nick, it's harder than you thought. <laughs> but what a gift they have brought us, and that's what I want to leave us with in terms of our charge um, and this notion of sticking around. There is a great witness uh, in our youth who have stuck around, who continue to bring gifts into the life of our church who bring their voice and their skills, their passions and their heart and their hands to make us more of the church we are and we need to be. And so let us uh, take our lead from them today and continue to spur, as Mimi reminded us in her part of the sermon, to spur one another toward love and good deeds. May we be that kind of church. And may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. May his peace live inside of you this day and every day ahead. Amen.